shit we're back it's good uh that um we've been receiving a lot of hate for the uh for the taylor swift episode thank you so much for contacting us and telling uh jomo how much of a piece of shit he is let's get this introduction out of the way his mouth will leave you with a shiver it's mr rob fortune Thank you for that introduction. Now I'd like to introduce this man. A delicious piece of land in Southern California bit her lip and whispered suggestively, if you can afford me, to which he replied, do you accept cash? It's Jomo. <laughs> that, that, that's good. That's, can I get stamps with that too? Can I get stamps? I got to mail something out. You know, can I swipe oh, a yeah. card through her asshole? <laughs> am I going to get pink eye? Rob, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. He's like you might you might get fucking syphilis too. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a penicillin shot, bro. It's not not gonna go anywhere. Mm. Uh, it's good to hear from you, buddy. I hope you had a great week. Um, oh yeah. Let's get this next one out of the way. He yells, "That's what you get!" As he shoots a load right on your face. It's Mister Jack Falcon. <clears throat> hello, hello, hello. Yeah, you you know that song Superman by Flo Rida. <clears throat> no, not at all. It's like Super, Superman, that hoe. You know the song. I you think, don't know. I think you're talking about, about Soldier Boy. Are you talking about Soldier Boy? Oh, is that Soldier Boy? That's Soldier Boy. Oh, fucking okay, retard. Yeah, I'm a boomer. Okay, fine. That song, Superman. Why do you think it was Flo Rida? Anyway, so he says Superman, that hoe, and someone thought that that was too inappropriate, so they had it censored to super soak that hoe. This is the idiocracy that we live with in this world. Super soak that hoe yeah. sounds a little bit worse because you think there's cum, yeah that's what I'm saying like come in the super soaker yeah like is shooting a super soaker the, it's, what was the was it uh uh bridesmaids there's come everywhere it's always come the answer yeah. is always come 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 when you said Superman I was just thinking of Kryptonite <clears throat> by Three Doors Down yeah that's a good song. <laughs> That's a good song. I, I, no, it's not. Song. It's fucking. It's it's a terrible <laughs> song. What are you talking about? That that's, that's like, not a terrible song. That's a fun song. It's a terrible song. It makes white people look bad. That's how bad it is. Yo, there's a dungeon in in Bloodborne called the Cum Dungeon. <laughs> not the show. Oh. Yeah, it's how you can get like ninety thousand free souls. You just walk in, you get ninety thousand souls and leave. It's the Cum Dungeon. That that's fucking. The answer is always come. What's up? That that's Rob just... Fortune's lair. He's like jerking off into the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> There's always ten thousand floors on the floor at any given time. For yeah. sure. For sure. All right. Well, who are we doing today? What are we doing, guys? We're doing so. I'm an idiot. I thought these were all debuts, but they're not. <laughs> two Fuck of them it. are, and two of them aren't. Fuck it, we'll uh, do it live. So, uh, Maroon Five, their actual debut, songs about Jane. Uh, Buck Cherry, also their actual debut, just self-titled. Katy Perry, her second album, One of the Boys, and uh, Paramore, their second album, uh, Riot. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Nice. I have I have the meat spin wheel up if we want to do that. All right, yeah, sure. this episode is brought to you by meatspin.com. Go on there, you'll get an Amazon gift card, five dollars only. It has my butthole on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's how they'll know it came from us. All right, I'm spinning the wheel. You spin me right around, baby, right round. You spin me right round. All right, Lena and Katy Perry. Let me blow my nose and we'll get into this. <laughs> let me blow my let me blow my load. Ugh. I know, I know Rod's been jerking off to her titties. 
We were talking about her titties, well, and we're saying that they actually point south. Those nipples point south. They don't point. No, I, yeah. I mean, I was joking. I don't think they do. I bet you she has nice boobies. They, they, but they are huge. I wonder what the yaw ratio is to her boobies. Like, what? Oh uh, yeah, the nipple ra- nip- yeah, the nipple to areola ratio. Yeah, <clears throat> like yeah. Is, is that'll she, get you sometimes. Does she have big nips? Does she have small nips? Does she have I don't like, know. proportionate nips? I'm. I mean, I, I want to know. For this episode, I did look up <clears throat> Katy Perry nude pictures, but there's like none out there. They don't exist. So because wow. she's a prude, she's a prude. I think it's because she knows that uh, you know being naked is worth money, and don't do it for free. <clears throat> Okay, this is one of the boys. This is her second album. We ready to start this? Yes. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. All right. One of the boys is a 12-track record released in 2008, coming just under 44 minutes long. It's Perry's second studio album, reaching number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, and contains the singles I Kissed a Girl, Hot and Cold, Thinking of You, and Waking Up in Vegas. One of the boys is Perry's first album under the stage name Katy Perry, <clears throat> following her 2001 debut, Katie Hudson. Uh, which was released under her real name. It received mixed reception from critics with some (laughs) deeming it as being filled with potential hits and others criticizing the material they perceived as weak. That is uh, uh, about her debut, not about this record. Uh, Hudson's uh, change in record label and adaption of the uh, Perry surname accompanied uh, by a shift from the Christian rock of her debut album. Sorry, that sounded like it made no sense. Hudson's change in record label and adoption of the Perry surname (laughs) accompanied a shift from the Christian rock of her debut album. Perry stated that she had been working on one of the boys since she she was 18 years old. During the marketing of it, uh, excuse me, during the making of it, she was dropped from two record labels and went through two shelved albums. One meant for an early 2005 release and another meant for, uh, for a late 2007 release. So I was curious why there was such a gap. This came out in 2008. Her debut came out in 2001. Uh, the planned 2007 release was entitled Fingerprints, with songs intended for it making their way onto one of the boys. Some of the songs on Fingerprints that did not make it uh, were given to other artists, such as I Do Not Hook Up and Long Shot to Kelly Clarkson, Breakout uh, and The Driveway to Miley Cyrus and Rock God and That's More Like uh, That's More Like It to Selena Gomez and The Scene. During this time, Perry had written close to 100 songs and wrote or co-wrote every song on the album. At 2008's 51st Annual Grammy Awards, I Kiss the Girl was nominated for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, but lost to Adele with Chasing Pavements. Mm. At 2009's 52nd Annual Grammy Awards, you know, I forgot about Adele. I forgot that she even existed. Sleeper. Uh, at 2009's 52nd annual grammy awards hot and cold was nominated for best female pop vocal performance but lost to beyonce with halo one of the boys has been certified three times platinum uh, her other records katie hudson in 2001 teenage dream in 2010 prism in 2013 witness in 2017 and smile in 2020 by the way all this information in the blurbs is all from pretty much uh wikipedia so if it's wrong there it's wrong here i'm not trying to steal people's shit also uh from the grammy website that's where i got that information uh rob what do you think of one of the boys uh i like it quite a bit uh let's see so i I, i'm impressed by what you were saying about uh how she's written like over 100 songs by the time she like uh wrote this like there's a line in like her first song where she says she picked guitar over i don't know fucking uh some girly item i don't remember what, what the lyric is Ballet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you had, you had that on hand, but uh, yeah, like uh, yeah. So there's this humor on this album of like wanting to smell like roses and not a baseball team or some shit like that. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, so she's funny. I, and I, I I always respect somebody who, 
who writes and especially somebody who like writes prolifically. I, I, I fucking admire that. Uh, there's a saying that like 99% of music out there is written by like a couple of people, like, uh, how like Prince had written fucking 10,000 songs or whatever the fuck he had done. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm impressed by that. And you know, uh, some some great songs done by Kanye West or whatever were like it took a team of twenty fucking people to write it or whatever. So I, I respect the person who makes their uh, makes their own music. But yeah, like we we listened to Katy Perry like off the, like last week we listened to Taylor Swift and uh, I really liked Taylor Swift and that was the fucking mindset I was in and then I was presented with Katy Perry. So like I'm making comparisons like all week long, you know. So like as far as monthly listeners on Spotify. Uh, Katy Perry has like half the monthly listeners, uh, you know, so, but, but Katy Perry is a fucking success. I mean, like she has a bunch of YouTube videos where she has 1 billion, 3 billion, 4 billion plays. So it's like, she's, she's a fucking success. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe I like Taylor Swift better. Uh, and then that's no, that's no knock on her. I think, uh, hot and cold to me is like Dragula level. I fucking love this song and I'll listen to it fucking on a regular, like I listen to it so much fucking time. I'm dancing in my car to this fucking song. And if that's the only song that she ever makes, she's good in my book. Um, that and the other hit I really liked on this, uh, was, uh, I kissed a girl. That song reminded me, reminded me a bit of, uh, Fiona Apple. I don't really know if I talk about her much, but like, uh, Fiona Apple is, uh, uh, somebody who fucking rocked and had a certain attitude, but was kind of pop. And, uh, but yeah, like the, a, a difference here is Fiona Apple was extremely bothered by fame the way that, uh, who was the dude in, um... Uh, the Red Hot Chili Pepper, John Frusciante, uh, the same way that like fame bothered him and it like drove him in and out of the band. Like Fiona Apple had like public meltdowns and shit like that. Katy Perry, I think, flourished under uh, fame. As far as I know, you were t- we were talking about how there's no nudes leaked of her and there's there's no public meltdowns the way that Britney Spears had public meltdowns. I think it's kind of like a rare situation for. Uh, I don't know. I think fame would fucking bother the hell out of me. I think I would crumple uh, the same way that uh, uh, Fiona Apple crumpled. But uh, fucking good for Katy Perry for having like a, a long career where she doesn't fucking melt down. Um, I did a speed run of her like career this week uh, just because I was interested in, in Hot and Cold so much. Um, I think this is probably the era of Katy Perry that I like the most. I think she goes full pop after this. You know, like some of her big hits like... Uh, Firework and uh, what's the other one? Roar. Uh, I don't really care about those songs, but you know, other people love them. You know, what do I know? So I think this is my favorite era of Katy Perry. Uh, and may- maybe I prefer Taylor Swift as a whole, but fucking Hot and Cold to me, that's a, that, uh, that's a fucking 10 out of 10 song. And she, she's a funny, like, yeah, wa- watch the fucking music video for Hot and Cold. It's so fucking funny. I think that, uh, yeah. And uh, another thing, this album has a lot of mentions of like gender, uh, uh, LGBTQ stuff like, uh, you know, so th- like Mannequin, we're going to trash that song. I don't fucking like that song. And, you know, there's like, you know, you're not a man, uh, which kind of feels weird. But I all like there's a theme on this record, which is Katy Perry is dating losers and fucking mm. people she has no business being with. And like, I, I, I wouldn't want to date the people that she's dating either. So fucking kick them to the curb. But, uh, uh, what else? Uh, you're so gay is probably on the wrong side of history. Like, I think that was, uh, 
probably a hilarious song at the time, but people would probably frown at it now. I Kissed a Girl is probably on the right side of history where like she wrote it. So if she wrote it like between 2005, 2008, something like that, I think this was kind of a shocking song at the time. I don't think she got as much backlash as uh, Ellen DeGeneres got for coming out of the closet in the 90s, but uh, I I think she got some flack for it. But now I I think it's like... uh, uh, you know, I think she would be applauded for that. You know, uh, if if you experiment with a with a consenting adult, you know, fucking, you know, what, what's what what use does shame have in 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 something like that? So uh, I think I think it's kind of cool uh, or you know noteworthy how many times she brings up sex, gender, fucking, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. So um, let's see. Am I gonna give this first place for the week? Yeah, I'm gonna give it first place for the week. That's it. Nice. Uh, yeah, one of the things... Okay, I had planned to take this to the grave, but uh, this album is a guilty pleasure record of mine. I've listened to it at least 100 times. I've Ugh. never told anybody uh, I'll listen to it 100 more. I, like, I was going to take this shit to the grave. Um, so yeah, this is like this, this, this is like the rock influenced, real rock influenced era of Katy Perry. I didn't listen to her other stuff. I've heard some of the hits. Uh, she, this album does have pop on it. It does have electronic on it, but there's also some rock songs on here that this is, she was on the warp tour in 2008. So, uh, she hasn't gone full pop here. Uh, she has some catches hell banger songs. Personally, I think that Katy Perry's big bangers, I prefer to Taylor Swift's, um, but yeah, so she eventually goes into the money printer pop route as well, which is smart. Uh, this is not her biggest album. The one after this teenage dream sold like 10 million copies just in like the US. That's her biggest record. Um, anyway, that being said, uh, I do love this album. I have for many years now, um, but it's not a perfect record. There's some shitters on here. Uh, I'll talk about them in a second. Uh, what else I want to say? Oh yeah. So one thing I love about Katy Perry, Rob brought it up. Her music videos are fucking great. She's a great actress. She's hilarious. She leans into it. Uh, like I kissed the girl, the music video for that. Like you could, <laughs> it's not dirty by Christina Aguilera, like hot, but it's not like that level, but like you could jerk mm. off to that video if you had nothing else. Um, so as far as how the world sees these songs, I kissed a girl. Uh, first of all, I'm giving that song eternal banger status. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Uh, so that song has had a whole second life as like an LGBTQ, uh, anthem. When I was listening to the, when I was watching the music video, uh, I was reading the comments and someone was like, this is our song now. And there was like a thousand replies to it. So, uh, not, not surprising that is blasted in every nightclub. It will be until the fucking sun explodes. Um, yeah, Hot and Cold, I'm also giving that song eternal banger status. Don't care. I think Hot and Cold is better than any song Taylor Swift has ever written. Um, it's one of the... Dude, the music video that goes with it is so funny. It's so good. I don't care. I'll die on this hill. It's fucking... It's great. There's one part of the video that's like 80s inspired where everything is like red and pink. My favorite part of the video, it's fucking great. That video has over 1 billion views on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, she does have some that have like three, maybe four, like higher than that. Uh, what else do I want to say about this? Oh yeah, so she, so okay. When I hear some of her stuff, I think Alanis Morissette, uh, because of the way she sounds and some of the stuff that she says. But also, like, she talks about like jacking off, uh, you know, kissing girls, all this stuff that a lot of people probably wouldn't say uh, publicly at, at the time when this came out. <clears throat> 
Um, and, and good for her. Yeah, I'm giving this number two for the week only because I there's another album on here that I, I is one of my favorite records of all time. Um, but yeah, the two shitters I was talking about, Mannequin, that's like one of her harder rock songs. It's still, I don't know, I don't really care about it. And I'll say like lyrically, it's like intelligently written, right? You're not a man, you're a mannequin. She's like that. Somebody would say that's smart, intelligent writing. The song still, I'll pass. I don't give a shit. Fuck that song. And you're so gay. So there's a poll that if you just type in like, is you're so gay? Um, offensive. There's a poll on uh, Reddit that somebody put out. 30% of people say yes, 60, 33, whatever, 66% say no. Um, I just don't think the song is that good, but I don't care like what even the content is that they're talking about. But um, uh, still, you know, she's talking about her. So the whole idea of you're so gay is her boyfriend is such a metrosexual that she's like, you're so gay and you don't even like boys. That's some shit you would say in the nineties. I'm surprised <laughs> that like people aren't trying to always cancel her over the song, but I think that they like laugh at it and move on. Like someone was like, does this song offend you? And someone was like, it's a fucking pop song. I don't care about. No, I just move on with my life, which is the way I tend to view everything really. Uh, but some people get really hung up on shit like this, but the general consensus uh, two thirds majority here is that people aren't really offended by it and they don't care. Uh, that being said, I don't give a shit that the song even exists. I, I, I think mannequin and you're so gay are kind of the two shitters on here. Uh, thinking of you, I think is a fine song. Like it's recorded fine. I just like, I want more of hot and cold. I don't want thinking of you, but also I can see people like loving that song. The videos like legit as well. They don't skimp on the uh, promotion on this record at all. Waking up in Vegas, crazy video, all kinds of shit, 50 costumes. It's hilarious. Did you guys ever see the movie uh, Grandma's Boy? You know, the, the weird dude, JT or whatever, who's yeah. in like the... JT, he's in that video. on my face. <laughs> Yeah, that dude. Yeah. So he's in the video and he plays her husband and he's right. hilarious. She's hilarious. They work really well together. Again, like there's no expense spared on promoting this record. Waking up in Vegas, banging video. I don't think it's as good of a song as Hot and Cold, but um, it's it's still good. Uh, and I, I don't think it's as good as I Kissed the Girl either. But yeah, like I Kissed the Girl video, amazing. Waking up in Vegas video, amazing. Hot and Cold, amazing. Thinking of you, the video itself is amazing. I just don't care about the song. It's The video's legit, but the song's like... It's a slower song, so it's like I want more of the other shit, not not that. Uh, Jumbo, what do you, how much do you hate one of the boys? Oh man, this is a misleading album, man. It's uh, it's it just stinks of female empowerment. Um, I don't like it. Um, the song "One of the Boys" just sounds like a desperate attempt of like a pick me girl trying to her best to get a proposal. It just it's just awful, <laughs> man. She'll do everything to get that proposal, but she won't do anal. Okay, and remember Jomo's model. His no mom, anal, no ring. No anal, no ring. Okay. <laughs> then, so after that shit song, it segues into I Kissed a Girl. All right. This song is, it's not as disappointing as Epstein's client list, but it, nonetheless, it's still disappointing. Okay. Um, because we're, we're like, I want to see her 69ing with a girl. And then it, it smashes to a cutscene of her scissoring, like scissor me timbers with another girl, like, bah, 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 and I want to pan. I, I, I'm not getting any of that. I'm getting, you know what men don't like? They, they don't like being teased. And this is nothing but a fucking tease. All right. I'm going to say it. Katy Perry is a fucking sellout daft cunt who creates music that would only be played in hell. Okay. One for 10 for the week. I fucking hate Katy Perry. She's a fucking sellout. Um, holy shit i i thought i hated taylor swift no i fucking hate katie perry so yeah fuck fuck yeah. katie perry she's this is a trash album why'd you why'd you torture me with this dumb dins why 
I, I had to get it off my chest that I listened to it. Yo, th- in the same vein, when I was like 22, I want I want to just picture. I want to see Jomo listening to that song by Taylor Swift. If you can afford me, that's the song I want to just. I want to watch Jomo listening to this. But when I listen to it, I just picture like the like you know they say i'm not mad i'm disappointed that's that's the face that i picture that's the jomo face i picture when i hear that song like i i like that song i think it's good i don't care i'm leaning in that's i mean i've already the cat is out the bag no that song makes you want to grab a rope in a stool and then figure it out yeah i know that's what i'm saying i i I picture you listening to it and hating every fucking minute of it uh the song lost right after that maybe her best singing on the record a good song and then lastly there's a hidden banger on this album called self-inflicted no one's ever probably going to talk about it in the history of the world uh anyway i love that song if i was in a rock band i would cover that song uh and um it could have been a single and uh, I guarantee, like, no one on earth knows that song, but listen to it, Self-Inflicted, it's good. It's one of my favorite songs on this record. But yeah, no, this is a good record. The only reason I'm giving it number two is because there is one that I idolize more than this. But um, yeah, I don't care. I was going to take it to the grave. Now I don't have to. Next time I'm at a, at a party, I can just bring it up. Uh, yeah. Let's read a couple of YouTube comments. First, I legit had I Kissed the Girl stuck in my head today. It never gets old. Next one, I used to sing I Kissed the Girl uh, with a lot of innocence when I was nine. Nothing has changed except the innocence. Um, next one says Katy Perry's an amazing artist and she's absolutely gorgeous. Next one, the birth of a new superstar. And lastly, this is the proof that songs never get old. Yeah. I kissed a girl will legitimately live forever. Uh, it will never go away. Is there anything else that anyone wants to say about one of the boys? It's like herpes. It won't go away. (laughs) You could also look at it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm spinning the wheel. Very good. You spin me right around, baby, right around. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Okay. It's Buck Cherry. Oh, okay. All right. I'm gonna pose I'm gonna put both of these pictures in oh, because yeah. I will be referencing this in a minute. <clears throat> uh let me get there. Let me get there. Let me get Yo, there. What the okay. Fuck? What what's stuck in your throat? <laughs> a dick uh okay <laughs> buck Jerry's 12 track record released in 1999 coming just over 53 minutes long it's the band's debut studio album reaching number 74 on the u.s billboard 200 chart it contains the singles lit up for the movies dead again and check your head uh, early on singer josh todd fronted the hollywood glam rock band slam hound and eventually met uh, lead guitarist keith nelson through their tattoo artist the duo made a few demos before joining uh, before being joined by bassist Jonathan Brightman and drummer Devin Glenn, calling themselves Sparrow. Sparrow began performing around the Hollywood club scene, re- receiving a strong local following due to their old-school rock and roll vibe, and were signed to DreamWorks Records shortly after. The group changed its name to Buck Cherry after receiving a cease-and-desist letter from a record label called Sparrow. Although their name is a spoonerism of the late <laughs> Chuck Berry, the, the group said it was inspired by a drag queen acquaintance of theirs named Buck Cherry. After adding rit- rhythm guitarist Yogi Lonich, yo, again, when people don't say their name online, I've watched 15 videos of how to pronounce fucking names and no one ever says it. Uh, if you make a video... Just say your fucking name. Uh, to the lineup in 1999, Buck Cherry toured nonstop in support of their debut, uh, including opening for Lenny Kravitz in his 1999 Freedom Tour and participating at Woodstock 99 before getting back, going back to the studio in 2000 to work on the follow-up. 2001's Time Bomb was considered a disappointment by many critics and did not fare well on the charts. As tension over the musical direction set in, Jonathan Brightman, Yogi Lonich, 
uh, and Devin Glenn left Buckcherry and were replaced. Josh Todd and Keith Nelson still planned to continue the band and began the writing process for their third album. It was never completed and the band was put on hiatus in July 2002. They would reform in 2005. Buckcherry is the band's only album as a four-piece. The Japanese edition includes the bonus track Late Night in Voodoo. At 1999's 42nd Annual Grammy Awards, Lit Up was nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance but lost to Metallica with Whiskey in the Jar. Buckcherry has been certified gold. As for their other albums, they had Time Bomb in 2001, 15 in 2005, Black Butterfly in 2008, All Night Long in 2010, Confessions in 2013, Rock and Roll in 2015, War Paint in 2019, Hellbound in 2021, and Volume 10 in 2023. Jomo, what do you think of Buckcherry? Um, the first thing that popped in my head was what in the ACD ripoff is this? Like, this is this is shit. I remember when Buck Cherry was like wasting airtime and me thinking, why does this guy love cocaine? That's all I kept thinking about. Well, when you sound like shit, you need drugs to give you a false sense of uh, self-confidence. And that's what this guy does, man. He just does drugs and says, hey, this, this sounds really fucking good, man. But it, it, it's not that great, man. It's it's pretty terrible. I, I but Okay, let me go back. I, I'll give these guys... Um, out of all the bands that we had to listen to this week, Buckcherry actually felt uh, like it was a consensual listening listening session. Like I actually was like, oh, okay, I, I enjoy this. This isn't too terrible, but it, it was just bland. It, it was like a, it's like having spaghetti with like fucking ketchup sauce. It's just like, oh, all right, well, this is this spaghetti is, and butter. <laughs> this is this is just terrible, man. But but I can listen to it, but it's not going to be great. Um, th- Though this is like cheap rock and roll, this is like a cheap rock and roll album. This is, it it sounds like they actually wrote the songs. Like no one was in there saying, hey, you got to say this and you got to say it like that or put some twang on it or anything like that. Like it it sounds like they wrote it um, and because they're not that talented. And that's why it sounds like they wrote it and they made it. Um, it, it, To me, it's just, it's not a good album though. Um, This is equivalent of like a sibling who still lives at home, but is excited has like acceptable behavior. Like they have no real vices. They're just a fucking loser. All right. So for me, <laughs> listening to this album was like four for 10 for the week. The lead singer would be a better front man though for guns and roses. That's all I got to say. Thanks Jomo. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you straight up this, this album is on my list of perfect records and it has been for years. I deem this a perfect album. Uh, I love this record. It, this is a, it, one of the examples uh, of musical lightning in a bottle. So these guys put this record out, in my opinion, a banger, one of the best albums of all time. Great recording, playing, singing. There's hooks all over this album. Every song, in my opinion, on this record could have been a single. So I deem these guys as like part of the rock revival bands. Now, these guys are a harder rock band than things. So you have like Jet, The Vines, The Strokes, bands like that. Uh, that the whole rock revival era. Um, I, I lump them into there. I don't know if that's completely accurate. This is a hard rock record. Uh, the artwork of this album is iconic. I love how they recreated it later with the real lady uh, being painted. I don't know if that was for their greatest hits or what it was for. And so Josh Todd is a singer of this band. And, uh, you know, they say be good or be good at it. He's good at it. I love him. Uh, they had a pretty uh, good comeback in 2005 crazy bitch was like became like the stripper anthem i don't really care for that song and i listened to it the other day as i was driving around to make sure i had that album 15 it's it's fine it's good you know it's it's not like a shit record but it's different than this um but crazy bitch was everywhere like it was on the radio it was on the in every strip club ever uh, a friend told me 
but yeah, so they did have a, 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 a good, a, a good comeback. I mean, they're still going today. Uh, I give this number one for the week by a fucking mile. I don't know. I adore this album lit up still a banger. Uh, song is just about being high on cocaine. I could listen to it a million times in a row and not be bored of it. The first line of this album, I'm on a plane with cocaine. Like these guys were the real deal. They were a hard rock band who were just out of fucking control. Uh, crush like banger status, dead again, banger status. I, I could say banger status on every song on this record personally. Um, but like lawless and Lulu, my buddy, um, Jay and I, we used to go to the bar like every single day when I lived across the street from one and we would play lawless and Lulu, uh, through the, uh, the jukebox all the fucking time. Uh, that's his favorite Buckcherry song. It's one of my favorites at the end. Josh harmonizes with himself in the last chorus. I don't know. It's just fucking awesome. This record is solid. Like, like I'm saying, this is lightning in a bottle. This is not the greatest music, the greatest musicians on earth coming together to make a great record. This is just people who worked well together, wrote great songs together and put out this one specific like banger fucking record. Uh, Russ, what do you think of, uh, oh, excuse me, Rob, we'll beat that out. Rob, what do you think of, uh, uh you motherfucker. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I didn't know who, uh, who Buck Cherry was. I didn't know if, uh, I thought they fucking sounded like Puddle of Mud or some shit. Ugh. Uh, the song, lit, the, the song lit up. I knew, I didn't know who it was though. I was like, is this fucking Led Zeppelin? Is this, uh, I didn't, I didn't know, but yeah, good to know it's Buck Cherry. Um, yeah. So like the, 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 the way this album is mixed, it's like, you got the, like the, the, the pop vocal style where like your, your, your lead vocal is way up high and then your, your, your oohs and ahs and your like background vocals are so quiet. Like you can feel them, you know, that they're there, but like, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's it, to, to me, to, it kind of baffles me that this, uh, style was so popular. I don't know. Like to me, like I can, like if I spend that much time, writing like harmonies and all of that and you make them like almost inaudible uh th that breaks my heart somehow what any anyways yeah you, you got you got some like not like walking bass but you got a lot of like bass fills on this album and it tends to be like linear and uh yeah so uh this this vocalist i think the the vocalist i think i like the vocalist more than i like the instrumentals i think like the vocalist you got like a i don't know like a steven tyler but like he's doing like a little bit more of a screamy thing uh like like a grit thing but like not like uh i don't know whatever so i, I like the i like the vocalist uh dead again i'm getting some velvet revolver vibes uh check your head uh like Check your head. I, I get like this is this is this is my evidence for why I think I like the vocalist more than the instrumentals. It's like the vocalist has dynamics, but like the guitars are flat. Like I'm I'm like uh, I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. So Dirty Mind, I'm I'm getting like uh, Guns N' Roses chromatics. Uh, like there's kind of like a a punk, but like but not it's not punk. It's it's something else. It's like uh you you got like a bluesy punk kind of vibe there. There's a line in that song that kind of leaps out to me. I saw your lady in a porno mag. Uh, I no yeah. no no one in Gen Z is gonna know what a porno mag is. Am I right? Uh, okay, yeah. So for the movies, they, I don't think they uh, make those. Probably not. I mean, they went out of business. You can get it all for free. I mean, uh, <laughs> but even so, it's still a billion dollar industry. I don't know how you make money off of it, but it's st it's still there. Whatever. I don't know. I've never okay. paid a penny for porn in my entire life. So yeah, I don't know where the money's coming from. 
it. I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah, for the movies, like uh, this is this is this is the, the, to to me this is where like uh, my my irritation at a certain thing like rose to critical mass because it's like. The distortion to me, I'm I'm hungering for the '90s distortion where it's like you, you got multiple riffs in a row that all have the same distortion, the same dynamic, and I'm just craving. To me, it's like there's there's a difference between riff A and riff B, except it's not performed differently. It's the, the dynamic doesn't rise, and so now I want you to imagine that like you take this album. Uh, you replace the guitarist with the guitarist of Third Eye Blind. With uh, you, you got the the varying distortions. You pick every distortion to fit that exact riff, that exact dynamic. And now I want you to imagine you take this album and you replace it with the songwriting of Third Eye Blind. And then I want you to imagine that you're listening to the first Third Eye Blind album because that's <laughs> what I'd rather listen to. I, I this album's okay. Uh, I'm giving it third place. I'd rather listen to Third Eye Blind. That's it. That was beautiful, Rob. Um, yeah, so so check your head, right? There's a line in that song that I love, and Jesse never thought that what she did would change my life. Don't care. That song gives me goose. That that line gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Like not many songs do that. That line always does. That song is about suicide, and there, that song also has a misheard line that I can never. I had to look up what he actually says. So he says, "You fell out of time with some distance to go." But if you listen to that song, I'm telling you, it's going to sound like you fell out of time with some bitch tits to go. You will never be able to unhear that. Just go listen to it. It's like two-thirds of the way through the song, and that's what it sounds like. Oh, uh, yeah, Dirty Mind. Um, I want to see this whole album played live. I, I don't know how much of this they actually play live anymore. I didn't look up their set list. Uh, but Dirty Mind, one of the best songs on the album. I'm also call, you know, uh, certifying it banger. Uh, so for the movies, like, it's a song I can go either way with. These guys do play with dynamics. Like Get Back is one of the last songs on the on the album. Even like songs like Borderline, where they're not lit up. Let's just say that they're not like in your fucking face. Uh, which I do appreciate them doing that because also like after Crushed and Dead Again, you have Check Your Head, which picks up like it's not a it's not a song with like no pulse to it, but it's like it's a slower song and it's meant to be that way because it's about some like josh todd is like sincere in that song talking about people who have fucking died so it's it's like toned down or whatever for that but like for the movies it's like you know they play in the dynamic there's ups and downs everywhere and this it's not like the songs like have no balls th that they're writing they're not like bitch songs but like for the movies it's fine it was a single it's whatever like i i don't care if it wasn't here uh and then like get back i think is another one of my favorites on this album one, I was wondering today, like, if they still play that live. But there will be an anniversary of this at some point, 2029, I guess. And, uh, yeah, maybe they'll do a fucking 30-year uh, anniversary tour for this. I would go see it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've loved this album forever. I will always love it. Uh, I haven't listened to, besides 15, I haven't really listened to any of the other stuff. Their second album, Time Bomb, I've only heard, like, the there was, like, one single off that record. Um, so I don't know if this is a band that I care to dive into fully because I don't know if they ever achieved like this level to me again, but they might, I don't know. But yeah, Lawless and Lulu, if, if you were to pick one song on here besides Lit Up, that's still, that's a banger. I, I love that the song was nominated for a Grammy. It's like the first line of it is like, I'm on a plane with cocaine. Amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I love it. It's fucking amazing. It's lightning in a bottle. Uh, a couple YouTube comments. The first one says, it's always nice seeing someone sing about a product they passionately believe in. 
Ooh. I agree. Ooh. Next one. Saw these guys open for Motley Crue about 15 years ago. I don't remember Motley Crue's show at all, but I will never forget Buck Cherry's set. A bunch of people have said that uh, that Buck Cherry is really good live. Next one says, totally underrated frontman, totally underrated band. Next one, real rock and roll in its purest form. And lastly, the more time goes by, the more this holds up. Yeah, it's a banger record. Is, is there it, anything else anyone wants to say about Buck Cherry? What's up? It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me spin the wheel. Does anyone need to use the bathroom? No. Okay. I'm not good. really. All right. Let's spin. We're spinning, baby. Oh, yeah. Spin that wheel, daddy. Oh, spin that All fucking right. wheel. All it, right. It's on Maroon 5. Oh, Let okay. me drop the artwork. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I I mean, we all knew Jumbo was going to hate Maroon 5. Mm. Let me uh, hang on. Got to scroll. Okay. Uh, Songs About Jane is a 12-track record released in 2002, coming just under 46 minutes long. It's the band's debut studio album, reaching number six on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. It contains the singles Harder to Breathe, This Love, She Will Be Loved, Sunday Morning, and Must Get Out. Uh, All but one member of Maroon 5 had been members of a previous Los Angeles punk band called Kara's Flowers, which released an album in mid-1997 called The Fourth World, with little success. In 1999, the band left the record label, added guitarist James Valentine, uh, and became known as Maroon 5. They recorded songs about Jane in Los Angeles with producer Matt Wallace, who also produced Jomo's favorite band, Train, uh, Faith No More, and and OAR. After the release of the album, Maroon 5 toured with Michelle Branch. God, I can't say that with a straight face. uh, Matchbox 20 and Sugar Ray in 2003. And in March 2004... Uh, Jane reached the top 20 of the Billboard 200, reaching the top 10 by the end of the year, and eventually topped the UK and Australian album charts and was the seventh best-selling album of 2004 in the US. Eight of the 12 songs were either written or co-written by frontman Adam Levine and keyboardist Jesse Carmichael. Many of the lyrics are inspired by Levine's relationship with his ex-girlfriend, Jane Herman. Uh, Levine notes, I saw this girl at a gas station and I fell in love with her. I wrote a song about her and played it in the store uh, where she worked. It was awful, uh, but she found out excuse me but she found out about this relatively psychotic boy she was my muse for years and then it kind of faded away levine also said there is at least one line in every song about her two songs that did not make the cut for the album did release eventually with woman appearing on the spider-man 2 soundtrack and ragdoll appearing as a b-side on the deluxe and japanese editions sorry i got a dick in my throat another song was recorded for the album that's not enough but hasn't been officially released on June 5th, 2012, to coincide with their uh, fourth studio album, Overexposed, and songs about Jane's 10th anniversary, an anniversary edition was released featuring demos, B-sides, and behind-the-scenes footage. At, two, at 2004's 47th Annual Grammy Awards, Maroon 5 won Best New Artist, and She Will Be Loved was nominated for Best Pop Performance by a duo or group with vocal, but lost to Lost Lonely Boys with Heaven. Uh at 2005's 48th Annual Grammy Awards, This Love won Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. Songs About Jane has been certified four times platinum. Uh, it won't be soon before, uh, excuse me, the other albums, It Won't Be Soon Before Long in 2007, Hands All Over in 2010, Overexposed in 2012, Five, uh, creatively titled V in 2014, Red Pill Blues in 2017, and Jordy in 2021. Those are their other albums. Uh, what else do I want to say about these guys real quick? Oh, so yeah, this album was kind of a sleeper because it came out in 2002 and it wasn't really topping charts or being recognized for like another two years. 
Um, so for these guys previously being a, in a punk band, and if you look at their album artwork, the back artwork, which I can post if you guys want to see it, but they look like a rock band. Um, so like, okay. They, so for being previously in a punk band and looking like a rock band, this is more of like a jazz bluesy rock fusion album. I know that might be insulting to like jazz fanatics. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels to me like that's what it kind of is. Um, it seems like these guys would play in like a speakeasy or something like that. Uh, the recording quality of this album is solid. These guys are tight and it almost feels like one complete cohesive piece, but the fucking song not coming home for whatever reason is made to sound live. I don't think it is live, but it's one of those things where they put crowd cheer throughout the song and it completely throws off the cohesion of this record that they made with the other songs that came before it. And that's like the second to last song in the album. Fucking shitty decision. I don't know who made it, but fuck you. Uh, oh, and these guys' videos get insane views. Like on the low end, they're 700 million. On the higher end, they're 4 billion. 4 fucking billion. So... Uh, these guys get views. Now, for these guys getting so many views, these albums after... So you have songs about Jane and it won't be soon before long. Those are their their first two records. After those albums, they haven't sold like very well, like in one and a half million. That's not crazy. Uh, and they're not very highly rated. There's some that have like two out of 10. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think that these guys kind of uh, continue by having at least... Because all the records have like six singles on them. I guess one becomes a huge banger hit and then it, it it makes everybody their money back. So people want to fund it again for them to have another album. But yeah, they don't sell very well after the first two. They aren't rated uh, very well, but there's like a bunch of videos off it, like moves like Jagger. I don't even like, I know the song cause I've heard it, but like, I don't know it off the top of my head, but like that song probably has like 3 billion views or whatever, but the album is probably rated like two stars out of five or whatever. Um, so this band is almost the same lineup from 2002 or whenever this came out to now, uh, the bass player was apparently arrested for domestic violence in 2020. So he's been out since then. So like when you think of Adam Levine, he's the guy from, what's that show called? Like the voice. I don't watch television, so I don't know, but he was on one of those fucking reality shows or whatever, where someone comes out and sings and then they coach them to be better with, uh, Christina Aguilera. So, uh, and there was a lady who complained about, so someone who worked with Adam Levine said that he smokes a bunch of pot and like, she just smells marijuana all day long. And now this has been all like hearsay, right? This is also from Wikipedia, but apparently some guy told her, yo, if Adam Levine wants to come down to the main lobby and do cocaine, he can do that. Like, that's how much he's worth to like everybody. Uh, so anyway, I don't think that this dude is an egomaniac because it's almost been the same band the whole time. Uh, and also, he's turned down the idea of having a solo career, saying uh, there will never be a solo record. I would sooner uh, have another band. So, yeah, I don't think that this guy, I think he's kept his sanity. I don't think he is an egomaniac. I don't think he's fucking insane. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he plays with people because he wants to play with them. Uh, this album is my least favorite of the week, right? Okay, but not because it's a bad album. Uh, it's just really not my style. It's it's fine. It's with the exception of one song. I think it's cohesive. It's a solid record. Uh, but I would rather listen to the other three over this any day. Uh, but this album does like like Jomo. You've at least heard a Maroon Five song or two of them. Like uh, a couple I, of these, I, you've I've heard. been I've been tortured to them. Yeah. Oh, you, oh you, so your your wife plays them? No. Not at all. Oh, she doesn't. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know where you've heard them. Then. That's where I would assume you heard them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's my least favorite, but not because it's bad. I think this band is tight. I think these guys are friends at this point. This is before like Adam Levine became 
as famous as he is now. So they're like, even if there was an ego now, there's none at this point. So they're tight. Every like the drumming is great, the bass playing is great, the guitar playing is great. I don't like. It's not a bad album. It's just like when I hear it, it's like I'd rather listen to the other ones than this. Uh, Rob, what do you think of uh, songs about Jane? Yeah, there's something about me about this album that bothers me deeply, and I I don't even have much of an explanation. Like, I, it kind of mystifies me because, like you're saying, this is like a professional album. It's tight. And I try, like, I I play around with ideas like. This is like Dave Matthews, not as bad as Dave Matthews, but what bothers me about Dave Matthews? I mean, Dave, on some level, Dave Matthews is fine, but on some other level, he bores me so much that I fucking, like, hate, like, I, I get so angry when I think about Dave Matthews, and that doesn't make sense either, but, like, yeah, this album is, is no fucking joke, like, Harder to Breathe, I remember hearing that song a long time ago, it's like, it's... There's something awesome about it, and and also I fucking hate it. This okay, so I'm I'm toying with the idea that that like okay, they they somehow know how to play metronome tight, but they're like boring on some other level. Well, this love has like weird scales and like it, it keeps kind of changing, and it's like so it's not like this is some cookie cutter band that only knows three chords or something. Like they they know something about their instruments. So why is it that I fucking hate this band so much? And like like yeah like. Like, th this is a, a debut album. Uh, they were in a punk band before this. And, you, you know, like, punk is supposed to be, like, uh, you, you don't give a fuck about, like, commercial success. You make, like, uh, music far out of the cookie cutter. Like, th this album has four smash hits on it. Like, how, how many debut albums have this many hits on it? She, she Will Be Loved has 1.3 billion plays. This Love has almost a billion plays. Like, this is no small success. Like, this, like, people fucking love this album. I don't. I don't, I can't even tell you why it's not it's not bad but it fucking annoys me fourth place that's it <laughs> hang on i want to do the clap where is it no yeah that's i i agree uh yeah harder to breathe everyone's heard the song a hundred times uh legit good song uh oh there's if you listen to the chorus of the song there's vocal harmonies buried in the background that are pretty fucking cool um yeah a couple things i want to say about this oh so okay she will be loved I don't care what anyone says. I'm giving that song banger status. Here's the thing, though. I feel like the vocal parts of that song, like the pre-chorus, are auto-tuned. Uh, they might not be. I don't know. Uh, Adam Levine is known to have like a good voice, so who knows? But I'm pretty sure there's auto-tune hidden in quite a bit of albums. I bet you there's auto-tune somewhere in Taylor Swift's catalog. When I was listening to uh, Lawrence Arms one time, someone said in the comments that there was auto-tune on that album. So for... For people who legit, like you brought up punk bands who don't care, for a band who really doesn't give a fuck, if there's auto-tune on that, then there has to be auto-tune everywhere else, essentially. Yeah. It sounds auto-tuned. I don't know if it is, and I'm not shitting on them if it if it, if it it is auto-tuned, but it does sound like that. Yeah, This Love, everyone's heard that song on like literally planet Earth in one form or another. I, when, I was, when I was thinking about how tight this band was, uh, the song Tangled, right? Like, guitar, bass, drums, everything. I don't know. These guys are fucking tight. I personally love the drummer of this band. I think he... I I, I don't know when he left because he wasn't kicked out for domestic violence, but he is not the drummer of the band now. I don't know when he left. Um... But yeah, he's tight. Every I don't know. Like you were saying, yeah, it's like you can't say anything is wrong with this record. It's good. It's recorded well. Like the only thing that legit pisses me off is the not coming home shit. But like when I listen to uh like the sun, right? One of the better songs on this record. 
I don't see how it wasn't a single because if I was in charge of the promotion of this album, I'm saying Katy Perry's album was promoted like perfectly. The singles are fucking beautiful. They didn't skimp. The videos are like probably done by actual directors. Like they're really fucking good. Right. So like when I hear the sun, it's like, okay, uh, every lonely white afternoon wine drunk housewife will vibe to this song. That's a fucking <laughs> me. I'd be like, get that shit on the radio. That'd be, that'd be printing money. Uh, so anyway, it's not, but yeah, no, I don't know. This record is good. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I'd prefer the other ones. Uh, uh, Jumbo, what do you think of, uh, songs, of, songs about Jane? Um, this album makes me hate the music industry. Um, <laughs> this shit reeks yeah. of sellout vibes and cheap cologne. Uh, this love makes me want to jump off a fucking tall building. I don't know why he's even in the music business, bro. This dude is a fucking traitor to his fellow man. Uh, singing about women is a waste of breath. Sing about the glorious uh, English empire before you sing about that bullshit. Um, I promise you, dude, she will be loved is, is fucking auto-tune. You brought up auto-tune and I, I could hear yeah. it and I'm like... Right, yeah, you can hear it, right? Yeah, you, you can it hear just it. sounds it. I, 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 I'm like, bro, this dude, this dude's a cuck and I can't fucking, I can't stand it, bro. <laughs> it, it, everything about this album makes my dick soft. Um, it, it, to me, fucking, she will be loved is one of the shittiest songs that I've ever heard. I would play it to torture Guantanamo inmates. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, like no the twenty two. Send it down to Guantanamo. Yeah, Fuck the, the, yeah torture them with it. They'll just think, oh, what is this cathartic cum shot of a song? What the fuck <laughs> is this shit? I don't, I don't know what yeah. the fuck is going on over here. Uh, th- this whole album is as forgettable as the Armenian genocide. Um, two for ten for the week, bro. This shit sucks. Why do you have to take everything to extremes? Okay, yo, here's the thing. <laughs> when I was when I so when I was looking at this band's other records and like how. Again, like what somebody rates an album, like somebody rated LD50 one star or zero stars. I can't remember. But so it's like, okay, fuck that person, right? They're an idiot. Yeah. But it's yeah. like but when there's like 15 ratings in, and it's Maroon 5 and they're like two and a half stars, it's like, okay, I this band people okay you know okay when when something from disney comes out like a movie even if it sucks balls everyone's like oh my god a triumph the best thing i've ever seen because if you say it sucks shit you don't get invited back right they they want to find the people who are who got their knee pads on who are down and want to want to deep throat it so that's why you would think these people would be like four and a half stars five regardless who gives a shit um but yeah these guys i don't know that's the thing it's like after the second album kind of everything but their big videos views like falls off a cliff uh like so i'm i'm looking up to the the uh, maroon five albums ranked and so the first person says maroon five's fifth album creatively titled v it's like is that creative like am i that's not creative v is literally five that's not creative and so many bands have done it before and then so i finally scroll to the bottom of and so songs about jane is number two and it won't be soon before long is one. And the person says, I'd rather listen to it won't be soon before long if I could only listen to one Maroon 5 album. And really, these two are the only ones worth listening to. It's like, God damn, dude. Like, tell us how you really feel. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this band is like, I've never listened to their latest stuff. I don't want to. Mm. I, I I feel like it's like, like Jump said, send all their shit down to Guantanamo. But mm. as talking about with this record, this record's tight. It's good. Yeah. Is, is some of it forgettable? It is. But 
it it flows and that's my thing like they did make a cohesive piece this record doesn't seem forced and that's again why that fucking not coming home shit sticks out to me so much because i'm getting this flow i'm in this vibe and then i hear people clapping and it's like tin it's like fuck you get that out of here uh must get out not surprised it was a single sunday morning another no-brainer single there's a hidden banger song in the song on this album as well secret i can almost picture it as a metal song and when i started picturing the song secret as a metal song i started picturing this entire album as a metal as a metal record and now and then after that i started thinking of a line of hear me out hear me out i started thinking of a line of records where guar covers famous albums so they cover 1989 by taylor swift they cover fucking american dream by fucking Katy Perry. They cover this album and they do it in Guar style. Who's 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 on this train with me? I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking not on that train. You're fucking. <laughs> we need, bro. We need to do Guar. We need to do Guar. Style. Not at all. Yeah. But all right. Okay. Let's. Yeah. No. We need to. Let's read some YouTube comments first. Uh, she will be loved, Jomo. I found your alt account, bro. She will be loved. Is easily the best song of the last twenty years. Go fuck. So I, hope, so, I wish well, leukemia a, on that person. Like <laughs> fucking nice. terrible. So simple, yet so emotive, so passionate, and so meaningful. Oh boy. Beautifully said, Jomo. Hang on a second. I did not. How dare you? Don't put words in my mouth, motherfucker. Wait, hang on. I All right, next one. <laughs> next one. Never doubted the talent of this band. Next one says, I'll be 80 and still listening to it. Uh, next comment. The vibes are strong with this one. And lastly, oh, I found Jomo's alt alt account. God damn. I will this guy says, I sang She Will Be Loved from my crush at my high school annual function. And now we are both parents of two kids. I hope he gets I'm assuming right. they, I'm assuming he, he means divorced. the same children. <laughs> what? no 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 he he met her after she like ruined her chances of getting like any high prospect so then yeah. his looks matched her circumstances and that's how they figured it out ah mm, i hear you i'm I such a you. piece of shit all right <laughs> yo i can't imagine going to a high school reunion and singing she will be loved for your crush 10 years ago that's oh boy i hate that person she, yo her tits must be on point those things are not pointing due south they're pointing straight ahead Mm. leche bags <laughs> the the leche bags is there, is there anything that anyone wants to say about songs about jane for i noticed that, i noticed that jomo likes songs about jane more than katie perry you, you, you rated them two out of ten and katie perry one out of ten jomo oh what am i gonna rate this god damn it <laughs> I'm gonna rate this uh fucking all right thanks all right <laughs> i got nothing to say i got nothing yeah. You know, you know when people say like when you get like an award and you talk for like ten minutes and there's a big sign that says like wrap the, it the fuck up. Oh, we need we That's need we need a walk off. Yeah, walk yeah, off yeah, we do. Yeah, board. yeah, walk right. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna walk right off into a fucking into shark infested seas. Yeah, I brought nice. that up when, when the other day. You know how uh, uh, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day he had that like meltdown because like Justin Bieber got more time at the festival than them. Hmm. They pretty much put like the wrap it up sign in front of Green Day, and he like flipped the fuck out, and then he like nice. checked into rehab the next day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. Yeah, the show was hilarious. I mean, I love Billy Joe. I don't give a fuck, but the show was funny. All right, we ready to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Why are you gay? <clears throat> Why are you a gay? Shut up, bitch! <laughs> oh, oh. So good. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. <clears throat> 18 
naked cowboys in the showers at Ram Ranch. That's a band we need to do. We need to do Grant McDonald. Who? Grant McDonald. Okay. We can do whoever you want. We can, we need to do Guar, dude. Guar is fucking sick. Oh, fuck no. Why? Why don't you like them? They suck. I don't like them. <laughs> you suck. Uh, instead of saying Guar sucks, why don't you just say you suck? And then that's the answer. Hmm. Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Jomo, did I get you good, you fucker? <clears throat> I'm gonna come. <laughs> nice. Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing. All right, ready to move on? Yeah. Jomo doesn't like war because Jomo's a fucking terrible human they being. They suck. <clears throat> you suck. Did you ever consider that? I love your rebuttal. It's the most simplistic shit. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. suck. You sound. You sound like a sixteen-year-old girl needing validation. Yes, bro. <laughs> you finally understand me. Are we ready to move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're doing Paramore. Riot is an eleven-track record released in two thousand and seven, coming just under thirty-nine minutes long. It's the band's second studio album, reaching number fifteen on the U.S. Billboard two hundred chart, and contains the singles "Misery Business," "Hallelujah," "Crush," 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 and "That's What You Get." Before work began on Paramore's follow-up to two thousand and five's "All We Know Is Falling," bassist Jeremy Davis was booted from the band due to his lack of work ethic and participation in things that the rest of the band didn't agree with, which is probably drugs, mm. according to guitarist Josh. <laughs> Pharaoh. Uh, following his departure, Pharaoh and his brother and his brother, drummer Zach Pharaoh, convinced vocalist uh, Haley Williams to bring Taylor York in as a guitar player, excuse me, as a guitarist. Okay. Are you still there? Uh, okay. Uh, where are we? Christ. You, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, br okay. bring, bring what's his face back as a guitarist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Following his departure, uh, Farrow and his brother, drummer Zach Farrow, convinced vocalist Haley Williams to bring Taylor York in as a guitarist. Uh, Williams insisted on Davis's reinstatement in the band, uh, and after an agreement involving the three members, Davis was reinstated as bassist, and York became the band's touring guitarist. He has been. Uh, he had been in a band with. Far the Farrow brothers before the two met Williams. Now that this says th uh, that they were in a band together before uh, jo uh, Josh Farrow had met Haley Williams. However, I watched some uh, documentary that said Josh Farrow and Haley Williams were like childhood friends. So which one is true? I don't fucking know. Uh, Williams explained the album was titled Riot because during the writing process their thoughts and emotions were coming out so fast that they couldn't control them comparing it to a riot. Williams also commented on the band's evolution with the album stating, I think our intention for All We Know Is Falling would have been for uh, it to be everything that Riot is, but there wasn't any time to make that record back then. Riot was recorded between January and April 2007 during the production Paramore held an online contest titled The Last Song You'll Ever Sing, where fans submitted videos on YouTube for the opportunity to sing backup vocals on the track Born For This. The winner was Mary... Bonnie of McLean, Virginia. At 2007's 50th Annual Grammy Awards, Paramore was nominated for Best New Artist but lost to Amy Winehouse. I'm pretty sure we've heard that like four times now. So we've probably covered every artist who's lost to her. Uh, Riot has been certified three times platinum. 
Uh, Paramore's other albums, All We Know Is Falling in 2005, Brand New Eyes in 2009, Paramore in 2013, After Laughter in 2017, and This Is Why in 2023. Rob, what do you think of Riot? Uh, so I did a speed run of their catalog too. Like uh, this is a band I've kind of had my eye on for a while now. Okay, so I started with All We Know Is Falling, their 2005 album. So Haley's 17 when she made this album, and that album's okay. Like if you make that album when you're 17, you're proud of it because it's you know it's 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 tight. It's it's showing like a. Uh, uh, like you know, like uh, how do you call it like depth like they, they write a bunch of different like types of riffs so it's not it's not like one fucking boring thing you know they, they got several things going on uh, you know uh, the the, uh, the the songwriting's kind of directionless like I don't think there's any like hooks on the or like you know there's, there's nothing really leaps out of me but like you know uh, when you're trying to learn how to uh, uh, when you're trying to learn an instrument and write songs and stuff like that's not a bad thing to do at 17 you know they they show promise even if i don't like you know it's so if if that album reminds me a bit of thursday but it doesn't have the songwriting of thursday and it's four years later then uh you know but you know I, i'm not gonna knock on them too hard you know if, if you're doing more than getting pregnant at 17 you're doing pretty good uh so then the album we're talking about riot I would say is is quite a like leap forward. Uh, you know, uh, their 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 hit off this album is uh, "Misery Business." Uh, has three quarters of a billion plays on Spotify, and that's that's a song with fucking hooks. The vocals have hooks. The guitars have hooks. Like they kind of learned how to write a song in between uh, that album and this one. Uh, but in, and one of my friends loved this fucking album. I think it's all right. It's a, it's a, it's a step forward from from their last one. Uh, so then I um, I remember hearing uh, Ignorance off of Brand New Eyes, their 2009 album. I remember hearing that on the radio and being fucking pumped and understanding why this dude loved this band so much. I remember calling him about it because it was like a, the brand new single at that fucking moment. Uh, so yeah, I think this album, I think this band gets pretty fucking good in a period of a couple years. I, I think it's funny how many people out there say like uh, the, the, the stereotype is that bands like their first record is their best and they just fucking fall off i to me i fucking hate that attitude and i feel i feel like it's just about never true the only times that it's ever true in my eyes are when a band has been together for fucking eight years and their first album is when they're when they've been playing together for eight years so to me like uh this this uh you know the the, the album riot that we're talking about like it's it's good uh it's uh it's it's uh misery business is legit uh it's it's not my favorite album it's it's okay i think they get better uh the album that comes right after this and so i'm giving it second place for the week and that's it yeah this is a good record it's not my favorite but it is a legit album um so yeah they changed a lot over the years if you if you listen to uh like after laughter that record is I don't even know what genre it is, but it's like not hard rock. Um, they, they did break up for a while in the middle. Uh, there's a bunch of, I think Haley uh, Williams and uh, Josh were a couple for a while. Then she was with the dude from uh, newfound glory. Uh, now she's with the other guitar player in the band. So that's kind of the shit is what creates tensions and, and ruins bands. <clears throat> newfound glory. But it's going to, it's, it's oh nice yeah uh but it dude that's like a before and after for jeopardy newfound glory home anyway uh i definitely prefer their music in this era than their current stuff and yo so many dudes 
uh, are in love with Haley Williams. She's hot. I don't care. Jomo's going to say she's in the mid or she's butt-ass ugly. I don't know. She's hot. And I'm, <laughs> here's the thing. I think that more dudes are into Haley Williams than are into Car- Katy Perry. I think that oh. Haley Williams, because she's more like... Katy Perry was in that that punk era for a couple of years, being on like the Warp Tour and stuff. But Haley Williams has always pretty much been in that in that world, and I think like, dude, I'm sure like Lake Erie, right, could be filled with all the semen that's been spilled over her. Like a lot, like dude, like many many dudes have jerked off to her, and I think even more than Katy Perry. I'm giving this album number three for the week. Yeah, there's some bangers on here. Misery business, I don't care. Banger status. It's very possibly the best the best song on the album. Watch the video. Uh, Haley Williams is a smoke show. She is hot. She has orange hair. That's like her thing. Yeah. I don't know. She's done a couple of solo albums now. Uh, she's done all kinds of shit. She sang with Taylor Swift, all kinds of people. This album okay, starts so off with a song for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic. I honestly cannot believe that that song wasn't a single. It has one of the catchiest choruses on the album. It's a good song to open this record up with, but I still think Misery Business should have opened this album uh, because the, the the first riff in For a Pessimist, I'm Pretty Optimistic, I fucking hate. It's boring. It like immediately makes my, gla- my eyes glaze over. So it's like put that shit further down somewhere in the track list. <clears throat> this record ends with the song Born for This. That's the one I was talking about with like the YouTube contest. Uh, this record goes out on a banger. I love that song. It's catchy. Bass and drums fucking banging it. Uh, vocals are on point. Uh, and the lyrics fit it being the last song. It says, sing sing like it's the last song you'll ever sing. A missed opportunity not making that song a single. I think it's fucking awesome. It's forever lost in the graveyard of like the last two thirds of an album that unless you're like a huge fan, you're not ever going to hear. Just like uh, one of the songs I was talking about, like songs about Jane, like no one's ever going to fucking hear it. Uh, and even Katy Perry was self-inflicted, but uh, yeah, born for this great song. This is a good record. It's just I prefer the other two that I talked about uh, more than it. Uh, Jamal, what do you think of Ryan? Oh, oh, well, uh, uh, I'm going to talk more about who Paramore and the lead singer Haley Williams. Haley Williams is the kind of girl mm-hmm. you think you want to settle for until you realize uh, only pedophiles like uh, a cups. Okay. Um, <laughs> Paramore makes me want to side with Adam Lanza and the Trenchcoat Mafia. Um, no one, I think there should be a rock band called Adam Lanza and the Trenchcoat Mafia. I think it would be funny. It'd be edgy. It, they'll be good for at least two albums. Um, okay, my piece of shit status went up. All right, got it. Um, I, I will say this, though. She, I, I, I do like her, her punk emo like attitude. I think she's actually yeah. a good vocalist. The I- instrumentals throughout this whole album made me want less. Um, they just, they, they don't do it for me. They, they, they hit nothing that I actually like. Uh, we should put emos in the camps though, so they can not infect anyone else. They'll be co-located <laughs> next to tr- people who play trap music yeah. and enjoy it. And R Kelly. Okay. That's all. Nice. I mean, here, here's the thing is I remember when these, these dudes got big. Um, yeah. Like, Everyone's like, oh, my God, she's like this spunky little chick who's like, she's emo punk. Oh, my God, she's fucking, I right. love her hair. Who gives a fuck? She's just an, another annoying twat who, who just fucking is getting more money from the music industry. Who gives a shit? What substance does she really bring? She has some good lyrics. She's got a good song, but her bandmates all are fucking prayed licking her asshole after each set. <laughs> who gives a shit? Nice. Uh, other than that, I mean, she's got promise, man. She she she's talented. Five for ten for the week. Uh, probably probably a decent album. Uh, Misery business, though. I, I would say it's a good song. It's pretty poppy. 
Yeah, no, I, I think these guys work well together. Um, there's songs in here like When It Rains. That's a th like, I want less of that. That's like the, the fucking uh, Paramore I don't care about. But, you know, I, I'm trying to envision stuff. I'm trying to be like Rob, right? Where you envision stuff as like a business where it's like, could you sell this? So like when it rains, you could sell that. There's there, you could make that a single. People would be all about that. I'm going to tell you my favorite part of this entire record is in the song crush, crush, crush halfway, th halfway through the song, like changes or whatever, two thirds of the way through, you know, the change I'm talking about. If you don't go listen to it, that might be my favorite part of this entire fucking album. And I think like Haley Williams shines at that part. Like she's a fucking badass. Everyone backs her up and that's like everybody working together to be like, yo, this is like a, a I don't know, a, just a fucking memorable point. When they do that live, people have to remember that shit. Uh, like we are broken. Go listen to something. That's like Paramore shit. I don't care about. It just like bores me. I want the misery business. I want the, for a pessimist, I'm an op, I'm up for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic. That's the stuff I want. Uh, you have another single. That's what you get not my favorite of the singles it's an okay song and i know like that's i can just i know that paramore fans like love that song people are like oh my god this is my jam this is my jam to that uh it's a good single guarantee it did well for the band hallelujah yeah i mean whatever it's whatever song not my favorite and brainer single it'll make money uh and is there any other song i want to talk about <clears throat> Oh, one of the heavier songs, Let the Flames Begin. That's one of their heavier songs. It's actually pretty fucking heavy, but it needs like pounding double bass at the end. Pretty much what I'm saying is turn all your stuff into speed metal songs and I'd be all about it. Nice. Uh, but listen to that song, listen to Let the Flames Begin and just like go like, I don't know, three quarters of the way through to like the last chorus and just envision that with like pounding fucking double bass and it would be better. A lot of a lot of people don't, I'm going to guess this guy has a single bass pedal, uh, bass drum pedal, but put another one on there. Add double bass, you can, you'll win me mm. over. Uh, let's read a couple mm. YouTube comments first. Hallelujah just hits different when you're 28. I listen to it, doesn't hit any different for me. I don't know. And I'm 28. Right. <laughs> next one says, this is so much better than anything remotely mainstream nowadays. Exactly. Uh, next one. Okay, I'll give him that. That's a good comment. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah. I mean, it's a good record. Yeah. If, if I put this, if I was in the band at this point, I'd be proud of this album. Uh, next one says, when you're a teen and these songs come out, they go hard because of the band, the beat, and the aesthetic. Uh, next one, Dancing with My Three-Year-Old Daughter. This album has staying power. And lastly, bro, this still hits hard, and I love it. Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah, it's a good all record. Right, all right. Good what, record. What do we do good next record. week? Guar. No, I don't know. Oh, bitch. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no, that's my choice. Uh, I, th I think I'm picking... Um, like four uh what would i call this it's i i got i got i got four albums it's like uh it's gonna be like cheesy 80s rock okay wait wait do we have the i have a boner thing yeah it's gonna be like uh if i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look at it real quick but i'm thinking it's gonna be greatest hits by journey sticks oingo oh, boingo and nice. uh i forgot the other one toto I got yeah. it. Oh, I got it. it's gonna be a fun week i think Nice. Yeah, no, dude, Oingo Boingo's legit. Mm. I've never heard of them, but all right. Uh, that is the band that, um, what's his name? The dude who uh, did um, The Nightmare Danny Before. Elfman. Danny Elfman. The guy who did The Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Weird Science soundtracks. Okay. Well, I learned something new today. All right. There you go. Take, uh, take care. Enjoy your day. Take care.